An urban legend in the north of Mexico says that in the 1970s, a father built a very special house for his beloved daughter. But none of them was able to live there, and both of them died there. And it sat abandoned until it was demolished in 2016. But is that what really happened? Let's dive deep and see if we can bust the myth of the mysterious House of Tubes on this episode of the Mysteries of Latin America. Hello friends, I'm Andrew Colon, and welcome to the Mysteries of Latin America podcast, where I tell stories of the myths, legends, and surreal tales that happen in North, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. This week's episode of the Mysteries of Latin America takes us to the north of Mexico and to the city of Monterrey. Monterrey is the capital and largest city of the northeastern state of Nuevo León, Mexico, and it's one of the largest cities in Mexico, second only to Mexico City in size. Now, legend says that in the 1970s, a father and daughter arrived to the city of Monterrey. Next to nothing was known about their past, where they came from, and nothing was known about the girl's mother. The daughter couldn't walk and depended on her wheelchair to get around. The father decided that he and his daughter would settle in the Monterrey area, and specifically in a part of town at the foothills of the mountaintop called El Cerro de la Silla. The Cerro de la Silla is a mountain and natural monument located within the metropolitan area of Monterrey that was named for its distinctive saddle-shaped profile when viewed from the west. It's an iconic symbol of the city, and with the backdrop of that picturesque mountain, it was the father's wish to build a home here in their new town. Because his daughter needed a wheelchair to get around, he decided to build a home where his daughter could easily move about in a multi-story home. The challenge was to find someone to help him make his idea into a reality. He posed this challenge to an architect, and the architect came up with an ingenious design to build a large multi-story home composed of tube-like structures, interconnected cylindrical towers with ramps so his daughter could move around freely and with large windows so his daughter could peer into the sky from her wheelchair and look at the Cerro de la Silla that she had grown to love so much in their short time there. After searching for months, they found the right piece of land to house this unusual structure, and construction began on what locals started calling La Casa de los Tubos the House of Tubes. Construction progressed slowly, much more slowly than the architect or the father had anticipated. You see, there was an unexplainable sense of tension between the workers building the home, starting from day one. Something many of the workers at the construction site felt was a sense of unease and a sense of fear they couldn't explain. And then things got much worse. Tools began disappearing, which isn't so unusual for a construction site, but the workers started blaming each other for the thefts. Fights would break out between the workers, and yet none of the missing tools could be found. There were less than six months before the house was due to be finished, but they were way behind schedule. The workers knew this, and knew that if they were to hand the keys over to the father and his daughter in time, they'd need to iron out their differences. 
They called a meeting after work one day to talk things out and work through their problems. As this meeting was after quitting time, this meant that the meeting would also feature a few cervezas and perhaps a tequila or mezcal. And everyone enjoyed a nip or two, with the exception of a worker named Alberto, the most serious and reserved member of the crew. The next day at work, only three men from the crew got to work on time, and Alberto was one of those men. The three decided between themselves that Alberto would work upstairs on the second floor and the other two on the bottom floor. They soon got to work, and the sounds of hammering and banging filled the job site. But then, one of the men stopped hearing any noise from the second floor where Alberto was working. One of the men called out, but there was no response. And then suddenly, and out of nowhere, the men downstairs heard a blood-curdling scream coming from upstairs. The two were paralyzed with fear. Alberto! shouted one of the men. There was no answer. But seconds later, they heard a loud crash against the cement outside. A pool of blood began to emerge from Alberto's head as he laid crumpled in a heap on the floor, dead. But it was the look on his face that stunned the two the most. His jaw was dropped and locked open in a now silent scream, and his eyes were almost popping out of their sockets in fear. The authorities were notified and came to remove Alberto's body and begin the appropriate investigation into what happened. The two crew members working downstairs were questioned, but both swore they knew nothing and the police believed them and ruled the death an accident. The next day when the rest of the crew, the crew that missed the day before nursing hangovers at home, went to work, they found out about Alberto's death. An eerie silence filled the hearts of the men who worked at the job site. However, they continued their work. A few weeks later, the tragedy repeated itself. As the men worked, one of the concrete masons fell inexplicably through one of the upstairs windows. As he lay dying on the pavement below, he said this to the men gathering around him. It doesn't want us to be here. Many of the remaining laborers quit on the spot, but the construction had to be finished. After hiring new workers, the construction continued as there was a deadline to meet and a home to deliver to the father and his daughter. One day, the father, excited to show his daughter their future home built especially for her, took his daughter to see the house for the first time. The ramps had been built inside and were ready to use, and with all the excitement and strength she could muster, the daughter made it up to the highest part of the house, without her father knowing. Minutes later, the father heard the bone-chilling sound of crashing metal and his daughter scream as she too fell to the cement below. At that moment, every father's nightmare had come true for this man. His daughter's lifeless body lay on the cement floor outside in a twisted, bloody mass of her wheelchair. Some say that the daughter wanted to be able to see her beloved Cerro de la Silla from the roof, and somehow she was able to get to the roof of the house. 
Others say that there was no way the daughter could have gotten up there so high on her own. Access to the roof was totally blocked, and that some mysterious force lifted her and her wheelchair up there. But all versions of the story end with her falling to her death a few stories below. After that day, no one returned to the House of Tubes to work. Not the cement masons, not even the architect. The only one who went back, his heart shattered from the trauma of losing his little girl, was the father, who would drink himself into a stupor within its walls. But eventually, even that became too much for him to bear, and finally one day, he took his own life. The construction was never finished, and the property was abandoned. It's said that in that unfinished combination of tube-like towers, for the last 40 years or so, people have completed suicide pacts and died there, performed rituals of witchcraft and other dark arts, and that strange ghostly apparitions have haunted the site. Neighbors have complained of strange noises coming from the abandoned property. The rumors also say that if you looked at the house, you could see the ghostly figure of a little girl in a wheelchair looking right back at you and following you with her eyes. In the year 2016, La Casa de los Tubos, the House of Tubes, was demolished, putting an end to the story of this cursed, unfinished home. Or was it demolished? That's what the story says, at least which has become an urban legend that's not just known in the Monterrey area, but in many parts of Mexico, especially in the north. It turns out that this urban legend is really an urban myth. And myths are meant to be busted, aren't they? According to Spanish architect Pedro Torrijos, who has studied the case in depth, it wasn't the death of laborers or a mysterious daughter in a wheelchair that stopped the construction of the house in the 70s. It was the financial crisis that hit Mexico in the 1970s that did. Remember the oil crisis? During that time, it didn't just hit the US, it hit a lot of countries all over the world. In Mexico during that time, inflation was rampant, interest rates blew up dramatically, and the Mexican economy went through one of its worst recessions in history. The reality, according to Pedro Torrijos, was that the owner of that property simply could no longer continue to pay for it. And the property sat abandoned for decades, unsold, and definitely not demolished. In 2006, someone did try to acquire the property, but the property was embroiled in a mess of debt, overdue back taxes, and legal problems. Finally, in 2008, one man and his family stepped forward to try and buy the property. That man was a man named Hugo Siafino, CEO of a steel fabrication company. Hugo had admired the unfinished House of Tubes ever since he was a little kid. So he and his wife, also a fan of the iconic but now graffiti-filled mass of decaying cement tubes, decided to try and acquire it. But try as he could, Hugo could never find the original owner. If you ask the people who believe the legend, 
that would be because he committed suicide in desperation over the death of his wheelchair-bound daughter and the estate was never settled, right? But someone had to own it now, no? And someone did. A man from the Mexican state of Tamaulipas owned the title to the property. After Hugo Schiaffino did a deep dive into local public records, with the help of a friend who was a real estate broker, Hugo finally found him. The man, who lived in the town of Reynosa, said that the original owner had died. But his children, who were very much alive, couldn't come to terms about the ownership of the property and had filed lawsuits against each other to try and keep it for themselves. And those lawsuits got tied up in the Mexican court system for decades. The man himself had never visited the property and said he'd acquired the property when one of the children's lawyers who ended up with the property, transferred the title to him, giving it to him in payment of a debt that he was owed. And he knew nothing of an original owner or any legend attached to it, and so he sold the property to Hugo. An internationally renowned architectural firm then redesigned the site and got to work, and instead of demolishing the large cement tubes, made them part of the design of a massive, supermodern, and award-winning minimalist architectural masterpiece where one of those tubes has been turned into a very original swimming pool. And if you look out through one of those extra-large windows, you can appreciate the beauty close up of a legendary little girl's beloved mountaintop called El Cerro de la Silla. Friends, thank you so much for listening to the story of the House of Tubes here on the Mysteries of Latin America, where we chase down the myths, legends, and mysteries of North Central and South America, and the Caribbean. If you think your friends and familia might like to hear this story and others, share the link on your favorite social media platforms and keep on listening, following, and sharing the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, and now YouTube. And again, thanks for spending a part of your day with me here on the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. I'm Andrew Colon. Adios. Thank you.